Hello and welcome to LSH Talks, a podcast hosting important conversations within the commercial property network. Over the next few weeks, we will be discussing the Southeast Report. In today's episode, I'm joined with Ryan Dean, Head of Office Advisory, and Oliver DeSotoy, Head of Research here at LSH. We will be discussing the movement towards net zero in the office sector. Thank you both for joining me on today's podcast. The pandemic has pushed the sustainability agenda to the forefront. So why do you think this is? Yes, it it definitely has. Uh, The motto of Build Back Better could not be more apt. There appears to have been a broad shift in the mindset of both investors and corporate occupiers to embrace the sustainability agenda in the wake of the pandemic. The key now is to channel this more positive mindset into action and ultimately value for occupiers and investors. With the built environment accounting for 40% of UK carbon emissions, how much of a challenge is the property industry facing to meet government's net zero target by 2050? It certainly is a challenge, yes, Um, but that challenge is really around driving net zero into the whole of the building's life cycle. In fact, from an operational perspective, moves towards decarbonising the UK energy grid will drive net zero carbon, probably well in advance of 2050. The growth of renewables, upgrades to the UK's nuclear energy infrastructure and so on should see to it. But we're not going to get to net carbon zero position without step change in low carbon construction by the private sector. Up to half of the building's emissions come from the construction and offsetting is not scalable to the extent that's required. It's in this area that we as an industry must drive innovation and change. So what sort of traits should an office development possess to boast genuinely net zero status? Are there any examples of this? Well, while there are a number of UK office buildings uh, that boast green credentials, there's actually virtually nothing approaching net zero in terms of the whole life cycle currently in existence. Um, There is one big exception, though. uh, The University of East Anglia's uh, Enterprise Centre at Norwich Research Park is arguably the very best example in the UK. Built in 2015, it has all sorts of creditations and has won multiple awards. In terms of what really separates this development from anything else is the fact that 70% of the materials are bio-based. Its frame is made largely of wood sourced from the nearby Thetford Forest. And it's really innovating away from concrete and steel here that is a crucial aspect of low carbon construction. So who is driving these sort of innovations? The Enterprise Centre Norwich Research Park is a result of a lot of research and toil from Professor John French. Um, John holds a host of positions, including Director of Development and Sustainability at Cambridge Innovation Parks, where plans are currently being worked up for several trailblazing office developments, again, involving the use of timber. These will not only be low carbon buildings, but also high quality workspaces in their own right. If we're to move away from convention, you have to have both. I can imagine some eyebrows are being raised at talk of timber and construction then. So what do you say to these doubters? If we're going to get serious about net zero, timber has a massive role to play. Timber frame buildings can be built to scale using modern methods of construction and can stand the test of time. The UK is also blessed with great timber resources, especially from Scotland. Challenging convention in terms of both design and the building supply chain is the key challenge. And this is what John French and his team are striving for. So we've spoken about new buildings, but what about existing stock? That's a really good point. Um, A great stat is that 80% of UK buildings that will exist 
in 2050 have already been built. So you're right, sustainable retrofitting of existing stock will be absolutely crucial if we're going to meet our climate change targets. But simply, we just have to do better with what we've got. Again, John French is seeking to drive innovation around existing buildings. Uh, one Regent Street in Cambridge will soon be the Entopia building, a new headquarters for the University of Cambridge Institute for Sustainability Leadership. Now, this is a deep green retrofit and it's projected to result in 80% less emissions compared with a standard refurbishment. There's a lot to go into in terms of the detail of the plans, but generally speaking, on-site renewables and the reuse of materials and fittings that would normally have been destined for landfill forms a key part of the approach here. Viability is often cited as the ultimate barrier to progress. What are you guys' perspective on this? Build costs for high quality sustainable office building are, are deemed to be higher than convention but it's a really complex issue a lack of familiarity is perhaps the main issue a contractor or qs's high cost estimate often reflects the unknown or perceived risk in such projects but with careful planning we're getting closer john's scheme at cambridge innovation park for example where bill costs are coming in at a very reasonable 240 pounds per square foot are only 10 to 15 percent premium on conventional Remember, these are great spaces too, and we expect increasing number of occupiers to be willing to pay for the privilege of occupying these buildings. There's some way to go, but I definitely feel like they were going in the right direction. To read the article in its entirety, please visit the link in the description of this podcast. Over the next few weeks, there will be various content being pushed out around the Southeast Report. If you visit our LinkedIn, you'll be able to keep up to date with everything that's going on.